I'm just here to cause trouble. Excellent. Hey, you know what? Cause all the trouble you want. <laughs> Bruce, Dave here. We're making um, better progress um, uh, gaining um, entrance and access with the uh, the FAA and the um, uh, the parts of the drone advisory committee uh, that provides uh, input to the uh, UAS in, uh, integration office. So we're, we are uh, pretty jazzed about uh, about that. And um, uh, to some of the comments that, that we've seen on Discord, uh, we we want to get a little more organized uh, so that we provide uh, some headlights on when and what we'll be doing. Uh, interestingly, we've uh, uh, gotten feedback that uh, a podcast uh, would be, or many podcasts would be, a way to uh, be more accessible to the FPV community. Uh, we like that idea. Uh, Dan has uh, created a, a series of links of uh, all of the meetings that we've been doing over the month. Uh, so we have a, a bunch, we have a population rate of uh, podcasts up on our website now. And uh, uh, we'll we'll start to uh, uh, create those. And then we're, we're thinking through and talking through what's a, an interesting format. If it, is it uh, a live session that we stream and then um, uh, record it and put it up as a podcast? Is it a, a quick brief audio only that uh, could be useful, an update on news and what's happening. Uh, so we're, we're working through that and very open to, to suggestions. Yeah, what are the numbers like now um, in terms of membership? Uh, full out, yeah, they are. They're, I mean, a full out membership, we're probably about 30, 35 um, that, with paid membership. But um, in terms of people following on Facebook, we just breached 900, um, which was nice. We've been kind of hovering around 890, 880 for a while now. So we just breached 900 today. Uh, so that was awesome. Um, so, I mean, I mean, we've, we've had got, some of we've our got good we've got good access to all of the road riot pilots uh, they're supportive and so they're uh, open to uh, to help spread the word about FBBFC as well and uh, the drew Camden in particular uh, is very supportive and uh, uh, one of the newer uh, pilots Alex Vanover is also a full-scale pilot so he is uh, a very uh, regulation sensitive uh, in that, as you may know, if you have a violation on a, on a drone, you can lose your uh, full-scale uh, license or certificate. So he's he's always very careful and very uh, meticulous with how he adheres to regulations. Yeah, though he crashed into Drew's truck, eh, with that DJI. <laughs> <laughs> he saw that, yes. Yes, he did. Yeah, buff, buff it, it out. <laughs> so what's happening, thinking from numbers, I mean, 900 is a pretty small number in the in the bigger picture of things. What's yes, the AMA got? Uh, what sort of plans are there for promotion? Because obviously, you know, you can have the best mousetrap in the world unless people know about it, they're not going to buy it. it, it I'm wondering, do you have anything in mind? One thing I was thinking of is maybe just some, some video bumpers that people can add to the end of their YouTube videos, that just like a five-second bumper just to plug FPV Freedom Coalition. They just bang it on the end of their video, and then every video they post is, is introducing people to the coalition. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good thought. We can do that. That's uh, We had asked um, uh, some of the influencers to add a couple of words, but uh, you know, that takes uh, energy and effort, and that has to create some sort of a segue. So I like the, uh, the notion of a, a video bumper. That's certainly something yeah. we can do. Is Chad still involved um, in things? Because that's the sort of ideas that probably best come from him. He's, he's a marketing man. He's the guy with the, the ability to build brands. And so I should think of building this brand is going to be a pretty critical part of its success. It is. Uh, he is, it, and it is. And uh, uh, we need to, uh, uh, I, I, I need to circle back with him. And he's he's been uh, busy with a number of uh, uh, projects, uh, but I can, I could bring this uh, higher up on his uh, uh, priority list. Yeah, that sounds like a perfect 
project for when he suggested that yeah, the editor editing team can help out with something. That would be a great little <laughs> project for them to work on. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I can I can write the script. It can be like uh, yeah, like Bruce said, it can be a you know fifteen second spot. Okay. Yeah, I created um, one little tiny YouTube thing trying to get people to come watch or to, to come join these Discord meetings, but only used it once or twice. Not too many people saw it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, other than um, uh, leveraging the uh, the pilot influencers, um, the various promotions we've um, uh, we do want to use Google Ads uh, that we have access to that, and uh, um, nothing more than that in terms of. Uh, uh, more com type uh, promotions. We need and, to provide people with more value to come along in terms of, um, you know, adding an element of, I know there's some sort of education going on to a degree, but like a guest, guests who will chat on a subject or something to make the uh, like these sessions interesting to people other than those that are just interested in the rights of FPV flyers. We want to get as many FPV flyers as possible so we can bait them in with, you know, tonight we're talking to this famous personality or that famous personality, then maybe that would make it easier to get the numbers up. You're right. Yeah. We should have advertised that Bruce XJet was going to be on our Discord channel. Tonight. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have got nobody then. <laughs> That's funny. Let's see. That's a good idea as well. We kind of were, were tossing that about. Uh, probably about half an hour ago when we were talking about podcasts and, and getting people on to like interview and, and stuff like that about, you know, current going on within the regulation space and maybe technology, emerging technology and stuff like that. That's a, that's a good idea though. Maybe a little bit on, on what's happening outside of the USA as well, because obviously it's a global community and EU yep. regulations and all that sort of stuff. I mean, I'm sure all the regulators look at the other countries to try and pick the best ideas or whatever, yes. or see how something's going. And if, if something is working well in another country, you probably guarantee that some form of it will be introduced in your country. So being mm -hmm. fully aware of what's going on around the world is probably an important aspect. Agreed. Since Agreed. we have yeah. some contacts with the FAA and the AMA, it'd be interesting to do a uh, do a qu question and answer with each of them at some point mm -hmm. to get the community a direct line to ask questions to those two groups. To which, which groups, Dan? Uh, someone from the FAA and someone from the AMA. It's you know, there's the... Uh... You, you get more than just the the rules then you get the, the policies and the attitudes and you get a bit of feel for what they are thinking and, and and how they're going to implement their enforcement actions and so forth which is very important to the community it is very important and there's uh faa has a social media uh they call them the drone guy um they just did a q a the other day um on drone regulations he might be somebody we want to reach out to for something like that let me see if i can find his name um, i've got a link to the q a pot or uh live stream that they did i'll drop it in the discord real quick yeah those webinars they've done recently have been been really nice but they don't really get into answering too many questions before their time runs up kevin yeah. morris okay He's the FAA drone guy. That's what they're calling him. Now, if we happen to have someone from DJI on tonight, that would have probably gotten a big audience. <laughs> what are your <laughs> yeah, intentions with FPV? <laughs> Things like that. Evil rules of hell. Can, can their new system, uh, I assume they are going to consider rolling in some sort of remote ID into their new FPV system when that is available. Probably already. Well, in so haven't told you. Right. Exactly. It could be. Well, that's the thing is is they did publish a, a a white paper saying that going forward, most of their their uh, at least commercial grade drones were going to have ADSB. So ADSB in, and yeah. they they advocate um, 
for all uh, governments to uh, adopt RA, uh, remote ID. So absolutely agree. I mean, it'll be there if it's not already there, you know, just not turned on. Yeah. I don't know if any of you all saw, but we do have a new uh, actual FAA director confirmed this week, so. Oh, and not an acting um, administrator? Nope, we, uh, uh, Mr. Elwell is out. We have a Stephen Dickinson. Um, did so, a little bit of research on him. He's a US Air Force vet. Uh, he was the senior vice president of operations at Delta Airlines. Um, and there's a little bit of, uh, uh, stink around him right now. He was the first FAA nominated uh, FAA nomination to receive a strict party line vote. Um, oh. So, and uh, there's some other. I guess he's involved in some kind of uh, whistleblowing issues. So, good to be controversial. Oh, I guess so. So it'll be interesting to see what direction he takes on some of this stuff. I know, you know, the FAA is a big, uh, big company. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, and, take, that, take that aim has just said the FAA is looking for ADSB out. I've not, I, I've not seen that. Um, I don't think they will be. I think the, the problem is that the, they don't want to or need to know about the hundreds of thousands of drones that are flying every day in the USA from a, traffic management perspective, it's noise. They're not interested in the noise, they're interested in the signal. And all these drones flying around at treetop heights are not a concern to GA. And besides, if you look at the rules, it's the responsibility of the drone operator to give way and stay clear of the manned aviation. So the manned aviation so that we can get out of their way, not vice versa. Right. Agreed. So Dean, Dean is speaking up. He must not have an audio connection today. He's typing. The other thing too is that um, issuing ADSB doesn't have enough capacity to put exactly. every drone, every drone, an identifier. So right. you're going yeah. to have not enough right. numbers. Debate, you know, it's an old technology. Yeah. Right, it's old. It would be a huge, huge issue. Would, would shut shut down ADSB. Yep. I would love to see how what the numbers are for Lance with the uh, recreational pilots for the past week. That'd be Really interesting to hear how many flights are out there every day. Perceived threat. Okay. Well, there's not the number of flights. This is just the number that are flying legally. Correct. <laughs> yes. Correct. Right. And I'd like to know both numbers, actually. That would be the telling one. <laughs> I did a flight the other day testing two apps. And so according to the FAA, I was flying two things at once because I, I submitted a flight <laughs> at the same time through two different apps. So their numbers are not going to be Did you get approval perfect. pretty quick on it? Yeah, they were instant. I, I got the text message back like 10 seconds or less after I hit the submit button. Nice. Very nice. And I, I, can, I can test it from sitting in my living room since I'm just close <laughs> enough to an airport. Because oh, <laughs> oh, you go to your bedroom and you're, you're, out of, uh, you're in uncontrolled airspace. <laughs> right. Um, is there, have you, uh, is anyone here... Uh, come across the, the situation that Lance for Recreational was launched on uh, 23 July. Got it. Right. Yet there, um, there are a number of uh, controlled uh, tower, ATC controlled uh, air, uh, airports that are not yet um, working with Lance. And so you know, we got all excited. We thought this was going to be a complete rollout. And it appears that there are still a number of uh, airports that are missing. I've not. Do we seen know any... which airports because that was all supposed to be completely rolled out uh, well into mid last year. I'm so. pretty sure if you load that uh, ArcGIS uh, website, the green boxes are the airports that have lands, and the red boxes are the airports that don't. And you can really know. see over okay. on the east coast that there's a lot of red. Yep. I'm not sure Is where I heard that from, but that's what I I believe. That would make that makes sense on the facility map. And then what the the open question is, so how do we determine, you know, how do we know when, you know, when it, when this is going to change or is there a schedule or, you know, I, I have a hunch it's the answer is going to be just watch the facility map and when it turns green, it's Lance is supported. 
Well, there's uh, let's see. Let me get on uh, FAA's website here because there was a, a part of the UAS integration was a list of Lance approved facilities and what was not. Let me see if we can find that. U.S. Data Exchange, U.A.S. Data Exchange. So, okay. For some reason, I can no longer type. It's locking me out of to be able to type. How nice! Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, take that aim. It was the individual Angela Stubblefield, and then do you have a link uh, to the presentation? If you could. Uh, Either post that here or email that to me. I would be grateful. She, uh, Angela is the lead, I believe, on security within the uh, UAS integration office. OK, so let's see. There is a list of all the airports recently added as of May. 2019 on there there was 100 109 airports added okay. Okay. Uh, it's in a pdf let me i'll link that okay. let's Thank see you. that's the newest airports and then here is the current list of all facilities great And it's over 600 facilities, they're saying, uh, covered by 400 traffic control uh, towers, facilities. Um, one of the things we did, uh, we are tracking down, Bruce, is uh, Open Sky. Um, and so this is um, a Google Wing um, unmanned traffic management piece of software. And it's my understanding that it's now being used in Australia. So along the lines of trying to find out what's going on around the world, that's absolutely what we're trying to do there. Uh, we've located uh, um, a woman who works in the Wing Google Wing organization, and uh, we hope to hear a little more about the uh, application. Yeah, I think that's pretty much oriented to Australia because CASA produced an API that instead of them writing an app, they said, we're going to produce an API. Anyone can write an app to access this data and, and so you can work out where to fly and when to fly and so forth. So I think Google has just produced an app that uses that API. But I dare say they do have plans to extend that functionality out into other countries. But as far as I'm aware at the moment, it's pretty much based around the CASA API. OK. OK. So it's a, a much like what we're seeing done with Lance in the United States, there are three application providers that are uh, embedding uh, Lance functionality in their in their own app. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I think one of the problems that we've got already, though, is that we have different suppliers of data. You've got EMAPS, you've got Altitude Angel, and they're, they're producing different sets of data. And sometimes they conflict and sometimes they are incomplete. And so who do you believe? You've got to look on, because there are so many apps, you've got to check them all to make sure you haven't missed something, which is actually kind of worrying and until there's some consolidation it makes it very difficult to be sure that what you're doing is 100 percent legit agreed. agreed i think the biggest thing is is until they incorporate at least for for us is they incorporate the faa facility maps as opposed to these independent maps like you know kitty hawk has created and whatnot because a lot of those maps are outdated now and you know, there's there's less restriction, so all the heliports need to go. Like I just opened up before you fly. They just re-released this with Kitty Hawk's API, and I still see every freaking uh, uh, helipad within a you know 50 mile radius of me. Yes, same here. Yep, I did the same thing. I saw the uh, the announcement. Said, oh cool, launched the app. I was like, oh bummer. <laughs> and and the funny thing is, is before. It listed me as living outside of the radius of Sky Harbor Airport. And oh, no, I'm sorry. I am 
dead smack in the middle of an SRP heli- helipad that all of a sudden, before you fly, has put a five-mile radius around. Right. Which right. is but absolutely it's, useless. But it's un- right, but it's uncontrolled, so... Exactly. Yeah. So you're okay. Uh, so there's, only one thing, well, there's only one thing worse than no information, and that's bad information. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the whole reason why I've... I've never used before you fly. And then in other situations, like up in Sedona, um, I was out in the desert and before you fly gave me an okay to fly and air map gave me a not okay to fly. So it's just like, uh, it's who do you believe? Yes. Hey, Scarecrow. Hello. How you doing, bud? Good. Very good. I just realized what time it was. <laughs> All good. We're we're kind of hashing out some uh, some of the new apps and uh, kind of some ideas for marketing for us and um, kind of just general uh, issues. So um, nothing nothing major formatty tonight. But uh, we were talking about Lance just now and the supposedly updated before you fly app. So. Oh, oh, does does it work with AirMap? Uh, the Lance uh should yes. work with AirMap. Um, Air AirMap was one of the ones Air I tested. And um, there's a third one that's less known. IUAS or something like that. UAS services. UA. Uh, yeah, I'd have to look it up again. I tried that one, and it like lets you do three for free, and then you have to pay a monthly fee. So then I just deleted it from my phone after that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I oh, downloaded weird. that one too, and then I was like, "Oh, no fees. Nope, we need to do this for free. Otherwise, it's not gonna it's not gonna get accepted." I was very pleasantly surprised and happy to read. Um, I posted about the Lance system being open for recreational flights on Reddit, and one of the founders of of Kitty Hawk replied there, saying that, "Yep, there's no fees for recreational. They're all about trying to give back to the recreational pilot community and." They're, they're not planning on charging anything for recreational flights. So that was nice yeah. to get a reply from them on that. Absolutely. Very positive. Yeah, I got the name of it. It's UAS or UA Sidekick. Was that the one? Yes. That's yep. yep, that's it. That's yep. the, thir- the third one that's uh, recreational Lance supported. And the thing that blows my mind is that they have no intention, as as far as I'm seeing and as far as webinars are concerned, they have no intention of putting... UAS facility maps or Lance capability into the Before You Fly app, um, which is concerning that the FAA is unwilling to put their own functionality into that. Just a thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought they were mostly partnering with someone like Kitty Hawk to replace Before You Fly. Or update it? I don't remember. Wasn't there some? It's supposed to be updated, that? and yeah, and they're saying it's been updated by Kitty Hawk, but maybe they just haven't pushed it out yet, <laughs> or maybe it works on Android because I have a, I have an, I have an iPhone. So, let's see, redesign before you fly app. Here we go. Maybe I just need to, I'm going to try re-downloading it and see if it changes. So, Take That Aim says, updated by Kitty Hawk with a link to Lance from Kitty Hawk. Not quite sure what that means to have a, a link to Lance. So can you actually make a Lance I'm looking request in the planner before here. you fly, or do you have to jump into Kitty Hawk to do it, maybe? Status. Map. GPS location. Start. Well, while Josh is doing that, um, does anybody else have other great ideas how to get more participation in these Discord meetings? Or if they were, they were in a different format? Or how do we get the word out that we need more pilots to join us in these meetings to give us their feedback? Hey, can I uh, jump in here real quick yeah, just hey, with Dean. something? Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm sorry. I don't. Um, I can't have a voice here for real long. I mean, I got some stuff going on here, but 
So okay. this is off of the first page of the new Before You Fly app, and it says, how can I get a Lance authorization? Lance is available through Kitty Hawk, a mobile app for managing your flights. Download the app, register an account, and select controlled airspace where you'd like to fly. Kitty Hawk will show you advisories based on your location. In addition, the option to apply for a Lance authorization. So it, it, it looks to me like this was very hastily put together, the before you fly update. And, you know, it's real, like, jumpy. I noticed that it was like, well, okay, you know, if I can't look at this and go right to Lance, why would I use that app versus just using one of the direct providers? And the, the integration with the maps, I agree. They did take the local airports out of mine, but, you know, I scrolled around to some other areas. I know there's issues and, you know, they didn't get them all. It's not a real clean upgrade. Okay, so just FYI, uh, delete your Before You Fly app. It's not updating. You have to re-download it. Yeah, you have to re-download it. That was, that was in the release. Okay. It said to, to, to delete your existing. That's not right, really so a great way to release a new app. It's more like creating a, a different app. Well, yeah, it wasn't. It's not an upgrade. It's a re-release. You know, I mean, I, okay, call it something different. Then I don't know. Just didn't make so, sense. Okay, so basically, what it does is uh, on the side, or if you drop down the three-bar menu, it says "Get Lance," and right. then uh, you click that, and then it says, "As a thing, how do I get it?" You click "Get Lance," and then it opens up your Kitty Hawk app. Yeah, so and then you it's have like, to... okay, yeah, that yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. It's like an <laughs> like an accessory they stuck on the side of it, and it really, to me, it looked like they really just kind of stuck it on the side of there too. I mean, it's not not what okay. I would call a smooth integration. So now I will say that the wow, the map in the new before you fly is more it 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 looks more like the uh, UAS facility maps. I will say that. But now I'm in range of something else. PIR. What? What? Unless there's a race going on. Do we have a? Yeah, there. Um, you should have a. Uh, for a NASCAR race, probably, or something going on, if you're you're around PIR, if you're within the range. <clears throat> that you knew what PIR was is awesome. Yeah, I've driven there. Yeah. <laughs> I live like three blocks from it. Then you're definitely within the range. Yep. Just Unless says... blocks are really different there than they are here. Well, by blocks, kind of miles, but still, I'm still within yeah. the range. Yeah, I don't know how big I don't know how big they draw it. I know I know what they draw around Milwaukee when they're playing here, and Road America when they're playing there. All right. So yeah, it is a little more reminiscent of that. They did add the stadiums and whatnot, which is nice to see. Although a five-mile radius around a stadium is probably unnecessary. Well, you know, you could weaponize those drones. And well, yeah, you know, somebody could hellfire, hellfire missiles, man. Yeah, yeah. I was working on a mount just the other day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's kidding. That's hilarious. He's, I know. Kidding. He's kidding. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna strap five DJI Phantoms together to lift it up. It's a good thing our videos are not monetized, or this would be demonetized. <laughs> Okay, so I thought we right. couldn't take money anyway, so let's see. So the interesting one I want to see is Sedona. So Sedona Airport still has zero restrictions around it. Uh okay. So either it is an uncontrolled, complete un un uncontrolled airport. 
or they are not they have not submitted information well hey cool uh let's see so, so the other update i the other update i had on you know things i was uh working on trying to find out some further information about the you know how the test is going to roll out the recreational yep. pilot test so Absolutely. i have now been switched around to my request for information uh regarding uh how the test is going to be developed what's going to be contained in the request for the the rfi um you know uh and so they've switched me from a sort of the the small uas uh working group um to uh to the people who do the airman tests so the airman exam uh board and then um and then and then back to someone who is like the airman certification uh advisory person and now i just wrote back uh here it is i just found the email so uh so i started out with um, anyway I'll, I'll cut the long story down i'm i'm back with a guy the last guy they sent me to was named andrew cargill uh, who is with the Airman Certification Branch Technical Section, uh, and he um, he sent me to the Knowledge Testing Branch, who he said was going to be developing the test, and that was uh, over a month ago. So I sent him another request saying I haven't heard anything in a month who's handling this, you know, basically. I mean, I did it much more polite, well, somewhat more polite than that. And uh, uh, and I still haven't haven't gotten anything. So essentially they're not, you know, I don't think anybody's got a clue there. Uh, I get, you know, who's gonna write it and how it's gonna come out. And so if that was supposed to be out by the end of summer, we're kind of closing in on that. Well, I do know on the FAA Q&A yesterday, they did talk about the knowledge exam and uh, they did say that it is in progress, but they're not giving out any more information besides that from what they said on that. So I did put a link to the, to that up above that live Q&A that they did. Um, it's about 45 minutes long. There were some good questions. There were some repeat questions. There was some basic questions, but you know, there, you know, it's worth a watch and kind of skim through it. Yeah, I, I wasn't able to get that, uh, get to that one uh, yesterday uh, to, uh, uh, to see what they put out there, but it seems interesting to me that somebody's working on it, yet nobody, seemingly nobody within the FAA can point me even in the right direction of who can give me information about it. And I'm not asking for the question pool. I'm just asking how is it going to be put together? And if, uh, if, if we had a group of people that were interested in contributing uh, to the process, you know, how would that come about? How could that be facilitated? Right, right. So you're offering them free help. Um, you know, you would think they would at least be able to point you in the direction of a person who would say, that's okay, yeah, we don't want a. your help. Right. You know, uh, or, A, yes, we'd love your help, and this is how you can... Dean, have you tried uh, just uh, sending a, a, a note or start calling Jay Merkel? Um, actually, he's the guy that I started with. Okay. Uh, and he sent me to, um, or his office, not him specifically. Um, he doesn't, he has not replied to 
uh, my emails about that and also some specific questions uh, that I've presented that they still haven't answered yet. Um, so I was sent directly to him for answers and he just simply doesn't reply to the emails. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, my, my thought is that uh, circle back to Merkel and say, you know, thanks for the um, uh, you know, directing, you know, no one's answered or, you know, I've, you know, we've tried this, you know, repeatedly been working this a month, no answer, would really like your uh, support to uh, um, encourage someone to uh, respond to me. I'm happy well, to help on that if you want. Um, if you can get them to reply to you, that'd be great. I can't, like I said, I can't, I can't get a reply. And yeah, he was in when I've, th this has gone in a big circle now. So I've, everyone right. who I've been sent to was just copied on the reminder that I sent out. I waited until, uh, until this Monday because I thought, well, you know, I don't know how everybody gets busy or, 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 or how much staffing gets taken up during uh, the EAA. So I didn't want to do it during that time, mm -hmm. not knowing. I know there's, you know, I, there may or may not be a lot of people up there. I don't know, but I, right. I thought I would wait until that was done. And yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so again, could you, he would have been forward, included. Could you forward in maybe your email and uh, then I'll use that as uh, then I'll help. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I can uh, I can send you that and uh, um, I mean I can touch base with you on the uh, on the other matter in terms of um, at least what to me looks like they're heading toward uh, or at least uh, Angela and I forget her last name Stubble um, Stubblefield Yeah um, that. You know, to me, she keeps she keeps using the word remote identification. So, um, if you're saying you want remote identification on a on a drone, that's telling me that you want to be able to remotely identify it. And they've sought out the um, uh, the standards for serialization of drones, which would tell me they want to somehow attach that serial number to the uh to the identifying signal it, it, at least that looks like the road that they're going to going down to me mm -hmm. I, I would agree with the comments that um if every recreational drone that takes off starts putting out a signal i don't know how many million people they're gonna get to weed through that or if they can i, I don't know how how technologically advanced that system is whether they can shut everything off to below a certain altitude or you know even what the capability is to pick up that signal at our altitude which is below 400 feet right yes yeah there was some discussion uh, on that at the uh, drone advisory committee that uh, the feeling was is that the the technology would be overwhelmed and this was uh, at the beginning of this call we were describing that same thing it doesn't it's just you know so you know, we we know that for example uh, DJI is uh, integrating ADSB in in all of their drones above 250 grams, but they right. uh, have no intention of incorporating uh, ADSB out for those reasons. Just to saturate the bandwidth. Yeah, I, I I can't I can't imagine how confusing that's going to make that incoming panel in any kind of a, a general aviation or a, or a commercial aircraft. I mean, it, it, I, yep. uh, I, I can't, I mean, all of those dots on there and how do you sort out who's who? And I don't know, I, I don't know what technology they have, like I said, versus the ability to shut part of that off um, in only areas where they're looking to identify an aircraft where they're having a problem. Um, it just sounds to me by her language that she seems to have some, she keeps using the word uh, uh, remote identification. And if they're requesting serialization standards, how do those two things link? So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
This sort of thing isn't going to happen overnight. Look how long it takes for anything to happen in the aviation industry. Getting standards set up will take decades. And so it's, it, I don't think it's a, it's a starter. And it has to be a standard because there are so many different manufacturers and so many things yeah. you need stuff for, for scratch built gear and so forth. And there's just no way that this is going to work. It's a dream. It's what they want, but it's certainly not what they're going to get. I think well, it's, it, I think it's reasonably it's coming along. They've been working the um, ASTM, uh, the International. Let's see if I get it right. Association for <clears throat> Trades and Measures, uh, founded in 1898. Um, a standards body uh, has F38 is the um, uh, the subject uh, that uh, includes. Uh, tracking and monitoring of uh, drones, and they're quite a ways along. And there's a, a pretty good document on it, and it ties back to the um, uh, Aviation Rulemaking Committee. Uh, so that they, the two documents appear to dovetail, and so I think there there's a, a fair amount of standards work going on and uh, rulemaking in the background, and you know pr prepare preparation of rulemaking. So I agree. Completely, and the uh, Jay Merkel's view in June was that he would anticipate uh, remote ID uh, happening within two years from now, 2019. And in the interim, the FAA's uh, desire is to institute uh, an interim capability uh, that users would utilize on a volunteer basis. Well, one of the things is that we don't even have any spectrum set aside for this. If you run it on ISM bands, you can't guarantee the service because one of the conditions of ISM use is that you, you don't have a guaranteed service. And if you go to a remote ID system, you can't guarantee what's the point of it. I yes. think they're going to propose something along the lines of using an existing technology like Bluetooth or Wi-Fi or something like that. But and then, yeah, that's an ISM service. It's not going to be reliable if it's an ISM band service. I mean, we already have situations where there are some places you can't fly because you're fail safe. There's just too much noise on 2.4 gigahertz. Yeah, if yeah. someone's flying a drone there, um, how's their remote ID going to work? And that's, uh, that, is, uh, that, that is getting worse. I mean, that band is, those bands in general, uh, 2.4, uh, the high, high, high 900s, excuse me, <laughs> are getting so saturated. I don't, it, somebody would have to come up with a, a new protocol, uh, a new way of uh, allowing more signals in that small space. Well, with 2.4, you, well, you, you can will... get a lot of plane, like, you know, RC planes in the air on 2.4 with control signals. Um, and an RID can, would be you're... even less traffic than that. The problem, though, is that if you've got a, a control link, which is 2.4 gigs, you don't want a transponder shouting in the ear of your receiver Correct. on 2.4 yep. gigs. If you've got 5.8 gig video, you don't want a transponder on 5.8 shouting in your in your video signal. So this stuff has to be compatible. And I believe that until, I mean, we're having to register and do all sorts of stuff. We get nothing back in return as a community. They're taking a, a freedom and, and selling it back to us as a privilege. It's time, I think, that we said, well, if you're going to lay down these rules and regulations, you're going to make us do all this stuff. What are we going to get? Give us some spectrum. Give us some spectrum dedicated for C2 links for remotely piloted aircraft so that we don't have to worry about fighting for space with with baby monitors and all sorts of other stuff Correct. so we can legally fly <laughs> with reasonable power levels it's time to say the ledger needs to be balanced come on we're paying money give us something in return like what dave said yep. where they's hoping to they're, they're hoping people will voluntarily do this and right now i don't i don't see many fpb no pilots voluntarily to. doing any of the remote id stuff right there's no incentive oh, there well i mean if the incentive comes down to you know one it's cheap or it's cost effective or heck even it's free fantastic or if remote identification like we were discussing earlier dave grants you you know full beyond visual line of sight you know long range fpv kind of stuff then yeah if you don't you need know, a spotter that would be i would give up there's having a, a spotter benefit. for a cheap rfi or a remote id you know no, it's like there's, and, there's, it's never going to be cheap if there's a standard that's going that, that needs to be developed with it, you look at any electronic device uh, that gets put on an aircraft that is approved, and that's why the experiment they had such an issue with the experimental group 
and requiring ADS-B in experimental aircraft, they are not subject to the same, uh, experimental aircraft electronics are not subject to the same standards as other, even other general aviation aircraft. So you can buy, as an example, glass cockpit, um, you can buy that for $15,000 to put in an experimental aircraft. If you want to buy that same technology from the same manufacturer that is certified and tested to be put into use in a certified general aviation aircraft, that's a $50,000 piece of equipment. And those are exact numbers that I obtained from uh, a technician who installs that type of equipment, installs avionics. So if, if they're starting to talk about wanting to do this on drones with a standard, um, you know, it, believe me, it's not going to be a $40 piece of equipment. Well, I think their goal is to make it so that at least police officers, maybe even general public, can walk out in their front yard. If there's a drone nearby, their phone already has the hardware capable to detect something about who's flying that and where they are. So it can't that's, be too expensive or it can't be something that's not already in the hardware you have today. Unless I was really not paying attention when learning electronics and, and getting my, my radio licenses, um, there, is, there is absolutely no way that there is anything built into a cell phone that's going to pass any kind of standard that you're just going to be able to walk out and hold your iPhone. Well, that's what up I'm in saying. The they, they're probably talking about using existing standards like Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and NFC and things that are built into your phone already, or at least you're talking about a different kind of standard. <laughs> that's a different kind of standard. That's why you've got to turn your iPhone off when you get on a, when you get on an airliner. Yeah, there are two things that they're talking about, which they're keeping separate. One is electronic conspicuity, which is like ADS-B. The other one is remote ID, which is is um, a completely separate thing. It just enables enforcement officers or whoever to identify who that drone belongs to. It doesn't, uh, whereas ADS-B integrates to an existing system, provides a lot of extra detail. So, yeah, they've kept the two separate and there's two levels of certification. Well, one would have a level of certification and the other would probably be uncertified and just a standard published that every man and his dog and, and everyone in Banggood could make copies of and, and sell freely at a very low cost. Right, and I was talking about the remote ID, not the ADSB type thing. Yeah. Well, it, it depends who they want to be able to look at it, though. I mean, how if, if they want a law enforcement officer to be able to locate it or something, that's a different thing than what I'm hearing coming out of out of uh, this woman at the uh, at the FAA, where they're wanting, you know, they're wanting to use this remote identification technology to identify bad guys coming across the border or using a weaponized drone, and and I think uh, I, I think I think those aren't two two of the they're not the same thing. You're talking about a different kind of ability to to identify, and we can remove the whole crazy thing that anybody who's going to have a nefarious intent with a drone is not going to install something that they're being asked to pull. <laughs> Correct. They're not going to voluntarily identify themselves at all. Right. But but that hasn't that hasn't stopped uh, the gun control folks from wanting more too. Um, you know that's been an issue with that same topic for. Uh, for a long time, and, and that doesn't stop them from every time someone uh, commits a crime with a firearm from wanting another law. This is the problem we have. If we have this electronic system, um, then it can actually end up like it did at Gatwick, where innocent people get persecuted because, for example, bank robbers don't drive their own cars to the robbery. They steal one. And right. if you don't know your drone's been stolen and suddenly you have a whole lot of cops turning up on your doorstep saying you were flying your drone in this place and it was against the regs, how do you defend against that and say, oh, it's just been stolen? They go, yeah, right. Yeah, and it's <laughs> and a lot easier to, same thing. to spoof a remote ID than it is to spoof yeah. a stolen car. And that's exactly it. Do we really want to have them 
say, well, great, we can make this a cheap Banggood twenty nine ninety five thing. You can uh, you can voluntarily comply with, uh, and then <clears throat> you can also have the the group of of uh, uh, people with uh, uh, without uh, any intent for or morals or scruples say, hey, I can co I can copy uh, this whole batch of them that you know, was on this container coming over from China and sell those to people with, with bad intentions. So, you know, there's a real slippery slope here that we want to be careful of. Mm -hmm. I, th I think we have to remember one thing, and I always have to repeat this. If we can reduce the death toll caused by the recreational use of multi-rotor drones by just one a year, <laughs> oh, hang on. <laughs> yes. What? Why are we trying to solve a problem that doesn't that exist? Does exist. In the we would be creating and, people in that case. And Amen. Yeah, Amen. it's like we need to educate these people that they are tilting at windmills. Where's the, where's the risk assessment? I want to see the scientific risk assessment. You don't go solving problems that don't exist because these resources you're using are finite and they cost money. You've got an obligation to the taxpayer to make sure that money's properly spent. Why are there still manned aircraft falling out of the skies and killing people? Um, every almost every day. Why aren't you addressing the real risks in aviation instead of these these things? And as far as remote ID goes, all you need is an airline pilot. They can spot and identify a drone from thousands of feet away in the blink of an eye. That's right. Even <laughs> during a during a bad weather, <laughs> uh, during in, in the middle of a forest fire, they can spot and identify a drone five hundred feet below them, flying at speed. <laughs> That's actually documented in the United States paperwork. I, I believe me, I have a copy of it if you'd like it. Absolutely. They're a valuable resource. Yes. It, I mean, I mean, we have had a grand total of 15 documented incidents in the United States since they've been keeping track. 15. Now, no deaths, no injuries. Um so one of the one of the organizations that I think would really like uh, to share the uh, the information that uh, that you have, Dean, is uh, DJI. Uh, in their one of their more recent white papers, they put forward a, a pretty long uh, argument on much of the points that that you've made, which is, hang on, you know, they're you know these are very safe, uh, have been very safe aircraft. We've been we DJI have been uh, you're working to make them safer. And you know, then they cite that there is no good uh, and agreed to statistics on confirmed incidents, and so they go to some length at uh, pointing out the uh, misinformation that we're getting, as well as the bad information about uh, incidents. And so I think that would be a, uh, a good use of the uh, uh, of that information. And Absolutely. I might I might have a good contact. Uh, uh, in DJI, who would be keenly interested in looking at that? Recreational mm -hmm. uh, multi-rated drone flying is, is the safest um, aspect of aviation there is. It is no, there's no safer element to the aviation uh, sector than drone flying. So why is it being so heavily regulated when we've got Boeing Max eights falling out of the sky, killing hundreds of people, and we say, "I'll just send it back to the manufacturer; they'll fix it." I think you have a, a, a two-pronged uh, issue here. And just from knowing what task group one from the DAC is working on, um, you've got the issue of states and, and local uh, municipalities trying to regulate drone use. And um, you've got the misinformation of people thinking that all drones are spy drones. And people are working that into their local government. The local government's pushing against the FAA for for tougher and tighter regulations and for the ability to write their own regulations, which you know right now is is restricted due to preemption of federal versus state. So you know you've got that approach. And then I think you've got the commercial side of the industry wanting to claim sky space for, uh, all their random intentions, uh, whether it be delivery or or organ organ transportation, or you know, you need that you need that pizza <laughs> really really quick. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah. you know, not to mention by the time you get it, the prop wash made your pizza so freaking cold to begin with. But at any rate, 
Um, you yeah, know, but they'll remake those... your pizza for you no matter what know, happens but now. So. I think, I mean, you've got those two competing things. And uh, I think the biggest among them is the general public, you know, uh, the, the fear of it. And this happens every time a new technology comes out. It was, you know, when cell phones and smartphones rolled out, it was radiation in the brain. And, and mm-hmm. then it's, you know, it's, it's drones and, and and who knows what next. I mean, we're going to start chipping people and, and everybody's going to lose their mind. But yeah, this you know, is crazy because we've, we've, we've got Teslas on the road with auto drive and they've killed exactly. people, but there's nowhere near the hysteria over there. You could be on the freeway and you've got a Tesla beaming up behind you. Yet some toy drone somewhere in a park drives people to hysteria because the media has just made a field day out of it. Yeah. And it, it's, I think that's the, the two two major parts of these issues is that public misinformation, public knowledge in general, they just don't have the knowledge to make informed decisions because the media won't let them have the knowledge. And we're so, we're, we're so spoon fed by what we see on TV and what we hear on the radio that we're, we're incapable of making our own, you know, educated decisions for the most part anymore. And that's why every time I try positive, Government has been trying to sell us the idea in this country that we're not capable of making our own decisions. That's been going on for a long time, and they feed oh, the media, and so the media feeds fe- feeds the population. Oh, look at all this dangerous situation. And that's why uh, I've been well, trying to. Anytime I see a positive news story, try to spread that as far as possible, so that those news absolutely. organizations see. Oh, hey, if we have a positive drone story, we actually get a lot of traction with that. We get to sell But the, the thing that I think that from the FPV community side that we need to see more of, and I think Dan and, and almost everybody here would agree on, is that what are we doing to bring that good attention? You know, when we have an event, you know, we got West Coast Throwdown happening, uh, what, next week or uh, two weeks? Did we invite media out to to come look at that, see what we're doing, see how much fun we're having, see how much people are learning and 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 you know what anything are we doing that and because if we're not we're doing ourselves a great disservice you know and i think that's the biggest thing is is we need to get with our our local people and show them our local media and show them that it's not all about spying it's about innovation and having fun and getting out of the house and getting away from the the cell phones and the and the video games and and whatever else is dragging our kids heads these days you know it's, think, it's about all that yeah part of the problem is though that it's not really accessible to the public you roll up at an fpv event and oh, all you see is a bunch of little dots whizzing around the sky men looking at porn on video glasses it's <laughs> like you know there is no way to really engage with the public like that i think it's a very difficult challenge and i think what has to be done is come up with some way to make it engaging with the public and it's uh, you know, I really, uh, I'm lost there because look at DRL. I mean, they're not exactly getting, you know, massive coverage of their events and, and it's, it's not like no, Formula not. One. Um, I yeah. mean, they're coming and, to Phoenix in, in two weeks or in a week and there's like little to no advertising happen. I see a couple of commercials on TV, but uh, I don't think anybody knows. They're literally coming to Chase Ballpark next week. <laughs> I am constantly surprised when I mention drones and stuff at work and people are like, oh yeah, I've seen those on ESPN. Yeah, I actually haven't even watched it on ESPN since I don't get it, but a lot of people do apparently watch it there. But. Yeah, this is a uh, and uh, to uh, this is a topic I've mentioned before. FAA is um, purporting a mid-November drone week where they want to try to do a lot of what we've been talking about, which is you know look for and put forward the uh, very positive. Uh, stories about drones and Saturday and Sunday of that week, whatever it comes out to be, will be the recreational component. What, what of course, is uh, a bit of a uh, irony in my mind is that you know, when the when the FAA um, you know, identifies the the data that Dean was talking about of all these uh, incidents, seven thousand four hundred and fifty eight over a five year period. Uh, you know, it feels to me like fear mongering, and so now we want we need to change the uh, uh, the the image, and and that's uh, that's going to take some work because certainly we've uh, we're in a situation where you know drone equals bad, so 
and now we're trying to uh, alter that. Have you seen what Simon Dale's doing in the UK? He set up a, a, a basically a, I forget what it's called, but he takes all the EPROX reports, all the drone incident reports, and then evaluates them and says this is rubbish and, and debunks them and, and so it gives a, a counterpoise to all the claims being made in the media and by the airline pilots association and so forth and it gives some balance and perspective to the whole issue and he's done some really good work it's almost a full-time job for him because there are so many of these reports for example in the uk a drone report a lodged drone report an incident report could be somebody stole my drone yes yeah, well, yeah, they, I have, and I have been in touch with him and uh, watching his work, and it is um, uh, it, it is uh, exhausting, and I, I'm delighted he's doing it. In the United States, they count anyone picking up the phone or filling out a, a form or, or sending an email to the FAA that says, hey, I think I saw a drone that was doing something wrong too close to an airport uh thought i saw one out the window of a passenger jet on my way to uh uh on my way to phoenix after my fourth martini um whatever it is they count that and it goes in there and and no one looks at that report and says yeah okay this guy had four martinis we're going to we're, we're going to not count this report or this guy claimed to see uh, uh, a drone at a thousand feet uh, through the clouds and debunks them and says, uh, that one's not going to go on the list. That's not what happens. That's how that number got so crazy is no one is even uh, doing, you know, the most basic rudimentary separation of truth versus myth. And, and that's, you know, that's part of the problem here. And then the media, of course, picks up on all of these incidents and all of these numbers and runs with them because they sell newspapers and commercials. You know, has nobody, anyone, nobody has wants read, to come. <laughs> I'm has sorry. anyone read Chris, Man Chris Mano's blog called Much Ado About Nothing? He's the airline pilot ex vet flyer became an airline pilot, I think it was American Airlines or US Airlines or something. And he, he wrote a very good blog entry saying he wasn't the least bit scared of his airliner hitting a drone. And yeah. it's a really good read. It is yeah. a good read. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that needs to be highlighted. I, I like to send it to the media when they do these stories about, oh, you know, drone, uh, airline pilot sees drone. And I send them that. And I also point out to them that just be not yeah, there are, the drones that you see are not out there to try and knock down your airliner. Airliners see other airliners all the time at airports, and there's no big deal. So why, when they see a tiny drone, is that a big deal? Well, it, they, there, there are actually more confirmed bird strikes that have caused damage than there are, you know, it, than anywhere near the number of of confirmed actual drones. We we haven't had a uh, with the exception of of one, um, with a military uh, a military helicopter, is the only confirmed drone versus aircraft incident in the United States. Yeah, and the other thing is that, that I always say they first of all they said if a drone hits a helicopter, then people will die, and then the drone hit that helicopter in New York Harbor, nobody died. Then they said, if a drone hits a helicopter's tail rotor, people will die. Mm -hmm. Then there was the one in Baja where a, a Hughes 500 got collided with a drone mm -hmm. and it hit the tail rotor and nobody died. And mm -hmm. they're saying, if a drone hits an airliner, people will die. Well, in Canada, there was a reported instance where a drone hit an airliner. And unlike the um, Dayton University study, all it did was put a little scuff on the wing. So we need to keep constantly coming back and saying, the, you know, don't no. pick, you know, look at the facts, look at the evidence, look at the reality, not the concocted lab tests and things which are made like that BBC documentary they're designed to make drones look bad. Let's look at the realities, the history we've had. We've had 10 years of, of recreational drone use around the world and look at the number of severe, you know, major incidents, look at the number of injuries, look at the number of deaths. It is one of the safest pastimes in the world. Just a few weeks ago, a girl got killed by a golf ball hit by her father and you don't regulate, you don't register golf clubs and golf balls and things. And so why we got this massive overreaction. It is, it is fear mongering designed to basically 
there's commercial pe commercial interests making money out of this. They want that 440-year space because they see a future in it. And we've got certain interest groups protecting their own backs like airline pilots because they know that increasingly airliners are not, no longer flowing. The pilot's just there to basically um, you know, polish the dashboard while they're flying. It's all done by computers. So they're all looking out for themselves. There's no one actually looking at the safety element. The safety is, is at the bottom of the list with all this regulation making, despite what's being claimed. Well, if, if safety was the issue, then they would then they would be addressing the unsafe areas, and that's not what they're doing. You know, they're. I mean, you know, I, I agree with what you just said a, a, a thousand percent. Um, if if safety were the concern, then they wouldn't. It, it wouldn't have taken them, uh, uh, you know, a week and a half to figure out how to fire a drone at a at a uh, uh, at a, a stationary. Uh, 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 aircraft wing to make it penetrate it. You know, the reality is that, you know, that was a, that, that was a stage that was sort of the, the drone versus aircraft equivalent of uh, filming the, the moon landing uh, at a sound stage. you know, um, it was about as close to the truth. Okay. Josh, where are we on uh, schedule? Say again, sir. I say, where are we on the schedule? Any other topics you wanted to cover this evening? No, I, I think we pretty much hit it all. So we kind of talked about Lance, which I had on here. Uh, we talked about spreading the message. We talked about regulations, and uh, we and talked video. about the new FAA director. Um, the video, video bumper. I like that idea. Yep, I do like that idea. So we got bumper for end of videos. We got. Uh, famous personality guest speakers, USA and otherwise, so international as well. Uh, Q&A with the FAA and the AMA, and I got the FAA drone guy's name to see if we could possibly reach out to him. Um, and then uh, I kind of wanted to do a little more research on that open sky. Uh, and uh, Bruce, you said that was uh, CASA's using that? Or they wrote okay. an API? Kaz made the API, and I've invited anyone who wants to to write an app that interfaces to it, provide that information to drone operators. Interesting. So I want to kind of dig into that too. So I think we hit quite a bit. It's good, good discussion, guys. So I think on that note, unless anybody has anything, uh, I think we'll wrap it up for this evening. And I do want to thank you all for joining. Uh, your opinions and 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 uh, insights are fantastic as always. So um, we'll see. Uh, we might be changing the format of these, but we'll kind of play that by ear until we make a final decision. So any comments or suggestions from anybody? No. Thank you all for your service. <laughs> no problem. Um, well, thank you. And thank you, as always, Bruce, for joining us. We appreciate it. No worries. Might go and rip some packs now. <laughs> awesome. All right. So y'all have a good night. Thank you. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye.